On this week's episode, we're diving into the first week and a half of NBA play. We're highlighting the teams who perform well and, and highlighting the teams who perform not so well. All that and more on Check the School Board. Welcome back after the break. Apparently, I made a mistake. I said this is the uh, Dirk Nowitzki episode, episode 41. Uh, this is episode 42, actually. This is uh, the Jerry Stackhouse episode. So I can't make a verbal edit, and I'm not going to make a verbal edit. I'm just going to roll with the punches. Uh, but this is actually episode 42 of Trick the Scoreboard Podcast. So if you've made it this far, then just know that that was, not a, that was a mistake on me. This is not episode 41. Episode 41 dropped last week. Uh, so, but back on topic, we spent about 20 minutes on the, the Western Conference, so I'll probably spend around 20 minutes on the Eastern Conference. I haven't had a ton of time to watch the season this early just because, quite honestly, just, I mean, I've, I've got a lot going on outside of, outside of this, and I haven't been as, as able, as dedicated or as, as able to watch early on this year as I was probably last year, but we'll run back into form. We'll figure things out. So unfortunately, if you're looking, if you're looking for super duper in-depth analysis, you're not going to get it on, on this episode. Um, I'm still working on, I mean, it's still early in the season for me too, but Eastern conference standings, the only undefeated team left in basketball, Philadelphia 76ers sit atop. Um, with their 4-0, and you've got a collection of teams who are tied uh, with the same record at 4-1. Um, you've got the Heat, Celtics, Raptors, all in that order from 2-4 through four at 4-1. Four um, the Heat being the most, probably the most impressive of that group. Uh, the Raptors probably, uh, I mean, have played some really solid basketball. Then you've got the Bucks at 3-2, and two, the Hawks at 2-3. and three. Uh, the Pacers at two and three, the Hornets at two and three, and the Magic at two and three, and the Cavs at two and three, and the Nets at two and three. A ton of two and three teams uh, from from six on down to to eleven. And then the Bulls are two and four, the Pistons two and four, Wizards one and three, and the Knicks at one and five. So that's what you have in the Eastern Conference. Uh, talked about the 76ers. They're four and zero. Oh. They have played some interesting basketball. I won't say they played some great basketball. Um, the Sixers team still looks discombobulated to me on offense. There's times when they they play sort of well, but uh, for the most part, it just looks like it's kind of like this, the same offense as last year. They don't have – I mean, they just inserted Horford with the hopes that Embiid will go down on the block, but that hasn't really happened yet. Um, it's – I mean, this team is weird to, to put it quite – I mean, to be frank with you, Simmons is still standing around sort of like in the painted area. They don't have – the spacing isn't great, uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say. This, the spacing is still really iffy for me. They've got to improve on that. They've got to figure out a way to, to to have better – I mean, these guys are long. These guys are tall. You're talking about Simmons, who's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, You're talking about Richardson, who's around 6'4". Um, Harris, Tobias Harris is like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I mean, then you've got Embiid and Horford who are close to seven feet. Embiid is closer to seven feet than Horford is. And so when you're talking about those guys being on the court together and you're talking about Horford and Embiid being sort of down low or whatever it is that they're doing, and Simmons can't shoot a three, so he's 
hanging out on the block. The only shooters you get on the court are Tobias Harris and I guess you could call Josh Richardson a shooter. Those are the only two shooters on the court. I mean, yeah, Horford can shoot the three, um, but he hasn't really he hasn't really been shooting the ball a whole ton. So, I mean, these the rest, Simmons and Bede and, and Horford are just kind of just clogging the lane, uh, but it's working for them so far, I guess, just because they've just played uh, not great competition. They played the Celtics to open the season, and the Celtics, that's their only loss. They've won four in a row since then. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, the Sixers team has just been kind of grody, uh, disgusting to watch. Um to follow. I mean, they get the big win over the Timberwolves who were undefeated going into that game uh, Wednesday uh, and beat and, and, and cat get ejected, have some words on Twitter, they, whatever they did and Instagram. Um, but uh, if their spacing doesn't get better, uh, it's going to be off or not. I mean, of course they like to, they threw in a cool little stat that this is the first time that they've been four. zero since that 2001 Iverson team and that team went to the NBA finals um, I mean, this team certainly has the potential to do that, and they have the potential to be that good because they they are. I mean, these they have five solid defenders on the court at all times. Uh, maybe Tobias Harris is the weakest link of those de- of those defenders, um, but still, he's. I mean, that's not saying a whole bunch because he's still a solid defender in, in his own right. Um, I mean, so they're going to stop you on defense, and then I mean, and be down low is unstoppable when he is down there, when, when he's not spinning in the traffic and he's not shooting, doing that little ugly fake from outside to try to get, I mean, so, and Simmons is a force. He's going to get to the rim off the dribble because he's just that good. But when it gets later in the season, when we're talking about getting into the playoffs, they're going to have to figure that out. Heat have been strong. They've been really good. They're led by a rookie, uh, Kendrick Nunn. And he's been on fire, literally on fire. Uh, alongside fellow rookie Tyler Harrow. They had a couple of solid games against the Hawks, in, you know, this midweek, and they also played some really good basketball. Outside of that, I mean, um, and this Heat team is really good. They're, they've been not really they're, – they're impressive. Uh, they're really impressive. Jimmy Butler, just, he's played his first couple of games. Uh, he's, back from, he's back from personal leave you know, after the birth of his daughter. Um, I mean, and this, and this team looks – they look solid. They look good. I mean, they're getting up and down the court. They're playing defense. They're they're really embodying the the, per, the persona that Jimmy Butler has. He just plays hard every night, and that's what this this Heat team is doing so far. Celtics, they've bounced back nicely since their opening season loss um, to the 76ers. They've just uh, they've had a couple of close games here here and there. I mean, they've gone on. They they've beaten the Knicks. Uh, they've beaten the Raptors. They've beaten the Bucks, and then Tatum hit the game winner tonight or Friday night uh, to beat the Knicks again, 104-102, you know, as the clock's going out. So, yeah, it's been close and it hasn't been great. Um, but, I mean, they've got a, they've got two quality wins over the, the Raptors and the Bucks. So maybe it's just they're playing down to their competition. Um, they did have, you know, before Friday's game, uh, last Saturday, the 26th of October, they did beat the Knicks by 23 points, so um, maybe it's just a little. Uh, I, I don't know what to. I don't know what I would call Friday's game. The Knicks are playing hard. I mean, the Knicks aren't a rollover team in any in any way, shape, or form. But um, I mean, for the most part, this Celtics team has played really well since losing to the 76ers. I mean, to beat the Raptors by six, you know, at home, you know, they've they've taken care of business at home. Is what is what this tells me because they also beat the Bucks by 
11 um, before beating the Knicks by two. So, uh, I mean, they are plus what? Six and 11 makes 17 plus two more is, is 19. They're, they're plus 19 at home and they're plus, uh, they lost by 14 to the, to the Sixers to open the season. And then they won by 13. So they're, they're minus one on the road. And they'll be on the road against the Cavs and the Hornets and the Spurs uh, coming up in the, over next week. So Celtics, Tatum, uh, playing well so far. Jalen Brown, from from what I can tell, is is not really living up to his contract extension just yet. Uh, Kimba Walker is playing out of his mind. He's showing. He's so far showing that he's not just a good player on a bad team, but he can also be a good player on a good team, uh, which they need. Marcus Smart is playing, you know, really well right now. And uh, maybe it's just a product of good coaching from Brad Stevens. Who knows? But uh, speaking of a product of good coaching, I mean, Nick Nurse, what he's doing in Toronto, to have this team at 4-1 and one with their only loss being to the Celtics, um, I mean, it's without Kawhi Leonard, who, I mean, who knew this team would be 4-1 and one? to start the season. I mean, they've got, they beat the Pelicans. They, they've beaten the Bulls handily. Um, they, they handle the magic uh, who are not easy to beat, by the way, the magic are not easy to beat. Um, so, I mean, they just keep rolling. I mean, they've, they've just been rolling since last year on, on into this year. So uh, Lowry, who knows what the timetable is on, on his, on his life as a Raptor, you know, you know, who knows what, how much time he has left, you know, in, in Toronto, but I mean, Van, Van Vliet's playing well, Siakam's living up to his, his contract. Um, I mean, OG Anunoby, I said he was going to be a factor coming back this year for this team. And he is both offensively and defensively. Uh, they're just getting contributions from everyone. And that's, and that's what winning basketball is. It's just having, you know, you lose a guy like Kawhi Leonard, you know, to free agency, a guy like that who really carried this team and, and uplifted this team and empowered this team um, last year. And they're showing that they filled the void and they figured out how to distribute everyone's roles evenly to, to continue to win and, and play successful basketball. I mean, they only lost by – they lose by 11 on the road to Boston. Um, but, I mean, this team is – I mean, this Raptors team is solid. I mean, the Bucks have been pretty disappointing in that they haven't played very good defense early on this year. I mean, this team should be a solid defensive team. Maybe Bro- losing Brogdon hurts them a little bit more there. But you still have a guy coming off the bench in George Hill who should be solid defensively as a point guard. He's been a starting point guard in this league before. Eric Bledsoe, he made strides defensively last year. Um, yeah, he's a fast guy. He's quick, but he showed that he can he can get up. He can get blocks for you. He can get steals for you. Um, and so this Bucks team isn't really clicking right now. Giannis has fouled out way too much already. He's already fouled out twice, at least that I know of, uh, in the team's first five games. Um, Giannis has to, he's got to stay out of foul trouble. He's got to stay on the court. This team needs him. Um, I mean, and the thing about it is he said, yeah, he's fouling out, but he's, he's, he's fouling out and he's already got 30 points and stuff, which means he's dominating and he's playing his role and he's doing his part. And he fouls out in a game against the Rockets and it's, they win that game. Um, but I mean, Giannis has to stay on the court. It's as simple as that. This team is only going to go as far as he carries them as he takes them. Um, and if this team wants to win 60 games and if this team wants to be competitive, especially in the playoffs, because that's going to be something that they expose 
right? If Giannis is fouling and if he's getting into foul trouble, they're going to expose that early because they're going to attack him. Giannis is too good defensively. Uh, he has the ability to, to, to slide his feet and move. I mean, he's just tall. Uh, I mean, you can't get by him because he's so tall. He's so long. He's so lanky. I mean, his wingspan's well over seven feet. Uh, he's got he's to stay disciplined. And, and the more that he does that, this team will run back into form. But as far as I'm concerned, this, this Bucks team will be just fine. Hawks have been Hawks have been very very fun to watch, and they will be. Um, losing Trey Young hurts them, uh, but they'll, they'll only be without him for a week or, or a week or so. I mean, he sprained his ankle uh, in a game in Miami. Actually, he sprained he sprained his ankle in Miami earlier this week, but he'll only miss a week, uh, which is which is great. Um, so once he gets once they get him back. It'll be just like he never left. This Hawks team right now, two and three. I mean, they, they're scoring points. They're playing siding basketball. They're getting up and down the court. John Collins is doing his thing. His jump shot looks very, very good. John Collins, um, Vince Carter doing his thing at 42 years old. Uh, I mean, Kevin Herter. I mean, it's everybody from top to bottom. Everybody on, in, on this Hawks team is playing very, very well. Um, and, and, and they're going to be fun. They're going to be one of those teams. They may not make the playoffs, but they're going to be fun to watch all season long. And they're going to hang around because this Eastern Conference team, teams like the Cavs, uh, teams maybe even like the Bulls may become the Pistons, who the Hawks beat, I mean, like beat into the ground. And the Wizards, these teams are all going to struggle and these teams are all going to slack. And it's going to allow teams like the Hawks, like the Hornets, to hang around in the playoff discussion. And that's just and maybe even the Pacers until they get Oladipo back. Uh, the Pacers, who are two and three, the start of the season zero and three, have sort of righted the ship a little bit. Brogdon's playing very, very well. He's looking like he's he was worth the sign and trade. You know the money that they gave him. I mean, he's already got he's already got several games of, of twenty plus points and and like fifteen assists or something like that. It's insane uh, what he's been able to do so far. And they don't have Victor Oladipo, and so this team, when they get him back, should be better. Um, they run into sort of like a conundrum I've heard, I've read online of, of having both Miles Turner and, and, and Sabonis in the starting lineup at the same time. Uh, Miles Turner gets injured Thursday night in their game. He, he sprained his ankle. Uh, we've been hit with a ton of injuries early on this season, if you can't tell. He sprained his ankle, um, which will allow Sabonis and Turner to play apart from each other. I guess Turner won't even be playing at all uh, for a, about a week, I guess. Um but they've hit sort of like a little snag, a little snafu. These guys sort of they they sort of it's not that they they just can't play well in the court at the same time, I guess is what I'm is what I'm reading. And not in a in a negative way, but Sabonis was such a factor for this Pacers team off the bench that that may just be what he does well. I mean, the bench just may be his thing. Um the Magic not having a great start to the year, they're already two and three. They had a loss at Toronto. Um, the Nets really struggling. They're two and three. They, they, they had a couple of tough overtime losses. Uh, they, they lose in overtime on a buzzer beater to the Grizzlies. They lose in overtime to open the season, uh, against the Timberwolves. Um, Kyrie is playing out of his mind. He's, I mean, he's second in the league in scoring and he entered, he entered Friday night, leading the league in scoring with James Harden behind him. Um, I mean, but he's playing extraordinary basketball. This, I mean, overtime losses, granted, they should never lose to the Grizzlies. 
Um, but the Western Conference is what it is. Uh, but this Nets team could easily be what four and one instead of instead of two and three. So uh, they they beat a very they beat the Rockets Friday night, and they they overcame double digit deficit to do so. Um, so that shows you the kind of basketball team this Nets team can be. The Bulls need to sort of right the ship. They, they're still young and they're still struggling. They're making mistakes. Um, they're giving up leads. They, I mean, they, they blew a, a lead to the Knicks where the Knicks made a – the Knicks went on a 15 to nothing run in the game's final like three minutes earlier this week to, to get their first win. Um, that can't happen. If this Bulls team is going to make the playoffs like I predict for them to do, and it would be cool for them to, to, to prove me right, they can't blow leads like that, especially to teams like the Knicks. They're better than the Knicks. They're more talented than, than the Knicks. At this point in time, the Knicks will develop. Uh, guys like R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox will develop and get better. But the Bulls have Markinen. They've got Levine. They've got Dunn. They've got the Auto Porters. Um, I mean, they've got guys who have been in this league for, for a while, even though they're so young, and they should be better than the Knicks. They should never blow a 15-point lead like that to the Knicks. That's just they should they should just never blow a lead like that to the Knicks. That's just the gist of it, right? The Knicks so young, being as young as they are, they shouldn't do that. Um, and the Pistons sort of just treading water, and and the and the Wizards really, without John Wall, I mean they played an extraordinary basketball game against the Houston Rockets earlier this week, where they scored like 168 points and still lost. Um, Bradley Bill is going to be an All Star. Bradley Bill is going to be a superstar. Bradley Bill. And John Wall, whenever John Wall gets back next year, are going to push this team into the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. And that's just the facts of it. Um, that's just where we sit. That's just where they sit. Um, and that's where we are a week and a half after basketball. I know I usually call this, I usually call the house cleaning segment where I go through uh, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference together. And then like I divide and split them Um but I'm going to separate them and, and break them into little bits this year. That's how we're going to do things. And that took about 17 minutes um, to go through the Eastern Conference and then sort of like where some of these teams are uh, around there. So, but I mean, it's been, a, it's been a solid week and a half. I mean, from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference, I mean, it's been great. If we could just get through, I mean, if we could just go a while without having some really serious injuries, that would be nice. Um Maybe even fewer fights, I guess, between guys like Embiid and Cat, uh, which is so it's so ironic because before the game, Cat uh, talked about how he wasn't trying to go out there and, and and battle Embiid for for the social media and and for guys who are writing stories and things like that, and then literally like hours later he ends up fighting like fighting Embiid, uh, and that is like all the internet is talking about for like a day and a half is the fact that he and MB got into a fight and both got ejected and both got suspended for two games. Uh, and he wasn't even trying to do that. He said he was trying to focus on basketball and get the win. They didn't win and the focus wasn't on basketball. So it was just kind of like weird, weirdly funny how he was trying to avoid that. Uh, but it ended up happening anyways. Um, that's crazy. But a lot of, I mean, even when you just look at team stats, um, Rockets lead the league in scoring. Of course, they're going to be up there. Pelicans second, Nets third, Bucks fourth, Wizards fifth. Um, 
I mean, Suns are up there in assists per game. They're second behind the, the Pelicans. Uh, you share the ball a lot. Lakers lead the league in blocks. Uh, the Heat are up there. The Sixers are up there. Um, I mean, the, I mean, the, the league is – that's the league through a week and a half. That's the league through a week and a half, and it's only going to get better. It's only going to get more exciting. Um, I'm only going to get – you know, hopefully I'm only – I'm, I'm going to be able to, to 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 get more into the league every single night. Um, the more and more uh, the season goes on, and and so these podcasts should be less boring and should be more entertaining. And I'll figure out a, a better time schedule to do these. Probably I'll do these Friday mornings instead of late Friday nights, like I am doing this one, so I don't sound dead uh, like a log. It just depends, though. Uh, but but episode forty two, yeah, episode forty two. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. We're gonna put a big bow on this um, as we look ahead to the weekend and the schedule of games that we've got coming up. If I can find it um, until next week, so Saturday, Pelicans, Thunder, Nets, Pistons, Nuggets, Magic, Wolves. Wizards, Suns, Grizzlies, Raptors, Bucks, which would be a strong game, a very, very good game. Uh, you know, Raptors, Bucks is going to be really good. Then you got Nets, not the Nets. You got the Hornets and the Warriors, and you got the Sixers and the Blazers, which would be another solid game. That game would be on NBA TV um, to close out the night. Nuggets and Magic are going to be the early game on NBA TV Saturday. And then on Sunday, you got Bulls, Pacers, a good game between the Rockets and the Heat, Kings, Knicks. Uh, very what should be a good game between the Lakers and the Spurs, Mavericks and and the Cavs, and then you got the Jazz and the Clippers, which would be a very, 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 very good game. And depending on what my Sunday football life is like, I may just uproot the Sunday night football game between the, the Patriots. Oh, wait, that game won't be on TV. So I guess I will be watching Patriots and Ravens because the Jazz Clippers won't be on TV. Um, I don't have league pass. I need to get league pass. So that's what the weekend's looking like. You made it to the weekend. You made it through this week. Congratulations. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. Uh, congratulations to the Washington Nationals on winning their first uh, World Series. They shared, they shared the same division with the Atlanta Braves, my favorite baseball team. So now everybody in our division has a World Series. It was a very exciting World Series to watch from a pitching standpoint. Uh, the Nationals had very clutch hitting. I mean, they really flex. They really flex their muscles. Nobody thought that they could do it. Not a ton of people thought that they could do it. I'll say that. I won't say no one thought that they could do it, uh, but they did it. They did it in seven. It's amazing that no home team won a game that entire series. The road team won all seven games. Um, the Nationals came back in game seven. They came back in game one, or they came back in, in game two as well, I believe. They come back in game seven. They're down 2-0, uh, two nothing heading into the, the late innings. Grinky gets pulled after he gives up a run. I mean, and then they just absolutely go off to win the game 6-2. Uh, I mean, very timely hitting for the Nationals. They're the hottest team in baseball since May 24th. I have to say that. Uh, but, I mean, incredible. I mean, incredible. Um, now it's it's hockey and basketball and football carrying the torch for a while. College basketball will join us really soon. We've still got – we're – we're entering, the, we're entering the final month of regular season college football before bowl season hits in December. Um, so we, we, we bid farewell to baseball, but there's still a, a ton of other sports to carry us, help get us through the winter months. Um, and, and that's exciting as well. So 
that'll wrap us up here on episode 42. I appreciate you all for listening and, and, and tuning in week after week. Um, there'll be more episodes. There'll be better episodes, I promise you. Uh, so, so I appreciate all the support. Episode 42, we're signing off. All right, welcome in. Welcome in to episode 41, the Dirk Nowinski episode of Check the Scoreboard Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. I know it's been a while. It's been over a week, almost a week and a half uh, since I last spoke to you all. And that was the the day the season, the NBA season started. And now we are a week and a half into NBA games. And there's a lot that's happened so far uh, just from injuries and, and already very, very, very impressive performances. Um, I'd like to thank you all first for, for tuning in. Um, this is a new season. This is episode three of the new season. Um, I'm, tr- I'm still trying to figure out I've had a, a rough uh, week and a half or a rough like three weeks, for, uh, four weeks um, in terms of scheduling and being able to get these things done. Uh, but I'm still going to try to bring these to you guys uh, on a weekly basis. Also, I think I'm still trying to figure out the scheduling because I have other friends who do podcasts um, and I don't want to step on their 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 feet, their toes um, I know one of them is, is my good friend Tyler. He's got a podcast that comes out on on Tuesdays, Stash, you know, the Stash House podcast. And I've got another friend Jacob who drops his Infinity on High podcast uh, in the middle of the week, and so I'm just trying to avoid those guys uh, because they're they're blazing paths and trails for themselves, um, and, and I don't want to step on those toes. So uh, shout out to those guys. Those guys are, are wonderful and they're really good at what they do. Um, I know those guys from college, and, and they're really good at this at this whole podcasting thing. They maybe even uh, better than than I am, I'm sure that they are. Uh, and so, uh, just just figuring out scheduling here with with those guys, and not trying to to butt heads with with them, and and, and trying to promote their stuff, and and trying to get my stuff out there. But um, it's been an incredible man. What an incredible week and a half and a, and a half of games that we've seen. A lot of things from the standings, and a lot of teams whose seasons may potentially already be over. Um, I mean, the way that we're going to do this here is. Uh, something that I want to try new this year is I want to try to dedicate um, maybe like the first 30 minutes of the podcast or the first 15 minutes or whatever, however long the podcast is going to be, dedicate the first half of it to one conference and then do the next, you know, the, the other half, the, the next conference so that I'm, I'm not crossing over and doing too many things. Um, so this, we're going to start this episode off with the, the, the Western Conference I'm going to go through those standings. This is as of Friday night, November 1st, after the final games, after the Lakers-Mavs final game. So you guys are here this Saturday morning, November 2nd, or, or Saturday mid-morning, midday, whenever. Um, Lakers are in first place now. They're 4-1. and one. They started the season out 0-1 with the, that loss to the Clippers. And I've got my thoughts on, on this Lakers team um, that I'll dish out here in a second. But they're at the top. Timberwolves at 3-1 and one at number 2. They just lost their first game to Philadelphia on on Wednesday uh, or Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, it was Wednesday. The, the World Series wrapped up on Wednesday night, and the the Timberwolves had that big. That was a big game between the the Wolves and the and the Seventy Sixers. That big brawl between Embiid and and Cat, if you want to call it a brawl. Uh, Spurs in that three um, three and one record as well. The Jazz are four and two. The Clippers at five four and two. Then you got some teams here tied at three and two from six all the way down to ten. Clippers or not the Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, Mavericks, Blazers, Suns, all at three and two. That that takes that takes us from seven or six all the way down to ten. Then you got the Warriors at one and three, Grizzlies at one and three, Pelicans at one and four, Thunder at one and four, 
you got the Kings at one and five. So what we see here, we've seen a lot of um, great basketball, and then we've seen a lot of not-so-great basketball. I would say the most impressive team right now in the Western Conference has to be, uh, without a doubt, probably um, just from looking at the standings, really. Um, I would say, I mean, it's got to be the Minnesota Timberwolves. They opened the season with an overtime win over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they played some really tough teams. They played some really good teams, some really good basketball. Carl uh, Anthony Towns has taken control of this offense uh, that Ryan Saunders has, has, has all of a sudden given him the keys to. Uh, he's had some some monster games already in the season. He's got a couple of 30-point games already, a couple of 30-15 games. Uh, Andrew Wiggins has played well. Um, he, he was really a catalyst behind them um, in their big win over Indiana uh, earlier this week. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure it was Indiana. Um, he, I mean, he hits a couple big shots down the stretch. Or not Indiana, Miami. It was against Miami. Um, he takes over in the fourth quarter. I think he scores like 12 straight points in the fourth quarter for the Timberwolves, including some really big threes. Um, so he's playing well. I mean, three. I mean, three of their really. I mean, all three of their wins are two of their three wins are very impressive. Nets, Heat, and they beat the Hornets. Um, that was also on the road uh, in Charlotte, and then they they returned home and played to play the Heat, although the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler uh, on Sunday. But, I mean, still, they – I mean, those guys have, have really played some really impressive ball early on this season. I would say another impressive team has been San Antonio. The Spurs uh, didn't really think that they would fall off, per se, or anything like that. But uh, in, a, in a tough Western Conference, I didn't think they would open up 4-1 and one like they have. That just goes to show you that they're always on top of their game. Even when you think they're not, they're always on top of it. Um, the Suns have been very impressive. My Phoenix Suns, uh, they're three and two. Although they've played way better than their record, uh, they could easily be five and zero, oh, and they could very easily be four and one. Um, they blew a couple of, they blew one huge, one one big lead against the Utah Jazz earlier this week. That was a game in which they um, they were down by eight, uh, as many you know as much as nine points. They battled back several times to take you know to take the lead and, and, and to get back into the game. And they led in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, um, but they just the fouls have been really have really gotten them in trouble. Their loss against the Nuggets um, coming late, also, and then their loss against I mean Donovan Mitchell hits hits two free throws or hits the one big free throw with uh, four tenths of a second there, and uh, in that game uh, to to really solidify it. I mean they've been they've been in all five of the games that they played. They beat the Clippers. Um, to go to two and one earlier on earlier in the season, um, they overcame you know they overcame a ten point deficit against the Sacramento Kings to open the season. Uh, I mean this team has shown a lot of fight. They've got some really tough players on this team. They've they've uh, this is as a Suns fan this is the most probably uh, not only is this the best that I've seen them play to start the season, but this is the most fight that I've probably seen from them. Uh, they've been very very close these last couple of years. They just but they were missing that one player or those those couple of players to help push the team over the hump. Um, I mean, it couldn't, I mean, Devin was getting it done every single night and, you know, if he struggled, then it was really like the team didn't have a shot or the thing was, you know, Devin Booker struggles or Devin Booker doesn't play well or Devin Booker doesn't score a whole ton and the, and the Suns end up winning or end up in more games than not. Um, and then when he scores 30 or, or whatever he's scoring, they're losing more games than not. So, uh, to see this year, to see Devin, to see his scoring sort of, um, 
come in spurts, not really spurts, but just to kind of like, it seems like his scoring is, is more consistent this year through four quarters, right? He's not, he's not scoring 40 points a night, 30 points a night or whatever it is every single game so far, but he's ending the first half somewhere around 11 points. And then he's, he's adding on to that in the second half and he's ending the game somewhere around 25, uh, 23 points. It's, you know, it's very impressive to see his, his, his playmaking ability is still there. They added Ricky Rubio in the off season. Uh, Rubio comes in. He's really helped a lot with everyone else and, and, and getting everybody else involved. Uh, but Devin's playmaking hasn't, hasn't taken the back seat, right? Last year, he really became the primary ball carrier. He becomes the point guard of the team, so, uh, so to speak. And he has a career year with assists. Um, he has a career year rebounding. Um, and he hasn't fallen off that cliff this year. Uh, I mean, he's still getting his teammates involved, and that's part of his, his scoring and, and more consistency because he's looking to get his guys involved because his team is, is much more real, well-rounded. They've inserted Aaron Baines into the starting lineup because DeAndre Aiden's suspended for 25 games um, after testing positive following the, the Kings win for a diuretic. Um, they insert Baines into the starting lineup. Baines has given them solid minutes. They've got Kaminsky coming off the bench playing well. Ubre's playing well. Ricky Rubio's playing well. So uh, this Suns team has been very, very impressive. Most definitely one of the one of the more impressive teams here in the Western Conference. And then if you're talking about teams who've been not impressive, this Warriors team for sure um, not impressive at one and four. Um, they've just they've been very uninspiring on defense, and it could be their their youth. Um, they don't have Clay Thompson out there now. Steph is going to be gone for about three, three months, three and a half, four months with a broken left hand that he suffered in a loss to Phoenix. Um, oh, by the way, they, they trailed out they trailed about 29 points after the first quarter tied for their largest, uh, the largest deficit after one quarter of NBA play in, in, in the, in the league's history. Um, but this Warriors team is their image and their calling card has been defense. There's the last like five or six years and they're missing it. Right. Iguodala is not there. Livingston is just, or is retired. Um, they traded away Jordan Bell. Quinn Cook is gone. Um, so many of these guys are gone, and they don't have Clay. They don't have Kevin Durant. Obviously, Kevin Durant's traded away. Clay's got the, the torn ACL. Um, they don't have these guys anymore, and these new guys are stepping in, and they're not fulfilling their role. Um, they're just not playing really good basketball, and it's going to be very tough for them to really get back into this with without having Steph for three months. And the, it's very easy to say this Warriors season is over uh, because they don't have Clay, and he's not going to play this year at any point. They don't think. I mean, that's what Steve Kerr said. He said that he doesn't think, he doesn't see Clay coming back. And if this Warriors team is not going to be competitive, um, there's no reason for him to come back. Um, and Steph, depending on what's, I mean, depending on where they are, he can just take it easy with his rehab and not really push things. I mean, this uh, by the end of this month, this Warriors season could really be, they could be packing it in. Um, it's not been great to start off and Steph's injury doesn't really help things, um, in that category. Another team that's probably been pretty disappointing is the Kings. I mean, the Kings, they were on fire last year. They played with a lot of chemistry. They played really well. They played fast. They, they were scoring from inside and out. Fox was getting to the rim. Hild was scoring from outside. This team is one in five. Um, they just got their first win. Uh, so they 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 open the season with four straight losses. They're not playing well under Luke Walden. He's saying that his guys just aren't getting it done night in and night out. Um, he thinks he thinks they're 
their preseason trip to India really mess up their their preparation for this season. But the truth of the matter is, this this Kings team just isn't playing well. They they had a double digit lead on the Suns and they blew it, um, and they just haven't been in any game since then. They they've gotten blown out uh, pretty much in every single loss that they've been in. They haven't played a close game all year. They haven't played a really good game. They get they win, you know, they get their one win of the season their last time out uh, tonight, but. I mean, it hasn't been great. Rockets are what we—I mean, what we thought they are. Um, they're still struggling. They're not scoring from outside. James Harden is struggling to open the season, scoring from outside. They—they uh, they played Brooklyn tonight, Friday night, and it's not been—it wasn't a great game. I mean, they blew a double-digit lead. They were down by double digits at one point. Uh, it's just—and this Rockets team—they've got to figure it out. I think that they they've shown that they're really good at being able to get to the rim. They're going to get free throws whenever they want because they've got Russ and they've got Harden, and they've got to figure out how to. I mean, if, if James isn't going to get it done from outside, I mean, like when you look at his stats from tonight's game, yeah, he led this team in scoring with 27 or with 36 rather, uh, but he didn't he didn't shoot efficiently. I mean, his game last Saturday against the Pelicans, he had 40 points. Or close to it, but he shot. I mean, half of those came from the free throw line when he shot the ball 23 times. He didn't shoot the ball well from the field. I mean, stats from Friday night's game 14 of 15 on free throws, plus minus, minus 14, um, 10 of 31 shooting from the field overall, 2 of 16 from three. That's not James Harden. Uh, I mean, making only 12%, you know, 12.5% of his threes, it's not great, it's not good. It's, it's not – I mean, it's, it's just not. They need more from him. He's got to pick it up. Um, they are three and two, but, I mean, they, they're they just not – they're not playing great basketball. Guys who they need to pick up the slack for Gerald Green's absence are not playing well. Um, I mean, they did get nine points in 21 minutes out of Ben McLemore Friday night. Austin Rivers gave him seven and, and 16. But uh, some of these other guys, they've got to step it up. Right, Harden and Westbrook combined – for 53 of this team's points um, against the Nets. They were the only two guys to score above 15 points. Uh, Daniel House scored right at 15, and then the next closest guy was Capella at 10, and then P.J. Tucker had nine, McLemore had nine. It's not going to get it done. It's got to be a total team effort if these guys want to be able to, to fight against these Western Conference teams because these teams like the Clippers who have strong benches, the Nuggets who are really solid, even the Mavericks, I mean, they, they were in this game tonight with the Lakers. They should have won this game uh, for several different reasons. Portland's going to get it turned around. And the Jazz are looking like they're really strong. They played really, really solid basketball to open the season. Um, I mean, teams like teams like the Jazz and, and the Nuggets and the, the Mavericks even for the Rockets and the Trailblazers, uh, not to mention the, the, the big guns like the Lakers and um, the, you know, the Clippers uh, and, and even the Spurs who are just – up there because they're consistent. I mean, it's never going to be easy for this Rockets team, and especially if they don't get any scoring from their bench and if Harden is struggling from three. Uh, yeah, he's going to get his points from the free throw line, but um, if they can't get it going from outside, which is their calling card, then they're going to have a tough year. They're going to finish pretty much where I predicted them to finish, which is around seventh. Um, and, th- and that's where they sit right now, only because they're tied with the same record as so many other teams. I mean, as we all know, as they start to play each other, the, I mean, the difference will grow. Um, I mean, it's just been it's been a wild week of basketball, uh, a wild week and a half. 
when you look at, I mean, when you take a look at the scoring, of course, Harden's up there. He's leading the league in scoring at 36 and a half. Kyrie's behind him at 32 and a half. Then Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and Damian Lillard are all tied at, for third uh, at 29, just over 29 points a game. Anthony Davis, a monster week for the Lakers. He had a 40-20 game um, earlier this week, which granted against the Grizzlies, I mean, granted, twenty he shot twenty seven free throws. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's indicative of the Grizzlies just been terrible, or if I mean Davis was just getting calls or, or how it was going about. But I mean, he had twenty shot almost thirty free throws by the end of the third quarter. That's that shouldn't happen. I'm gonna go with very bad Grizzlies. Um, on that Grizzlies just look terrible, and the Lakers haven't frankly been looking impressive themselves. I mean, yeah, they're four and one, uh, but they've struggled a lot defensively. Um, and they're struggling a lot on their bench. They did get Kuzma back Friday night against the Mavericks. Uh, he was on a minutes restriction. He played between fifteen and twenty, you know, fifteen or twenty minutes in that game. Uh, but their bench isn't looking great. I mean, they opened the season against the Clippers. They're down by as much as eighteen after being up by double digits, I think. And they claw back to tie the game. But I mean, they're just they're just not playing good defense. They're up by double digits on a on a solid Clippers team. Granted, I mean, this Clippers team is going to be really really good. They didn't have Paul George though. And the Clippers end up coming back and, and doubling, pretty much almost doubling their deficit, uh, almost being up 20 points. I mean, the Lakers, they had 19 bench points in that game. Lou Williams had 21 points himself in that game. And then their Friday night game against the Mavericks, uh, they didn't get a ton of bench scoring either. So um, this, if this Lakers team is going to be consistently good and if they're going to if they're going to win when when it really matters and, and when the playoffs get here, and I know it's early in the season and we're only a week and a half in, but uh, these things can really carry. I mean, yeah, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are playing really well, but if they don't get any production from their bench, and Kuzma's going to help out with that, and Caruso's going to help out with that uh, when they when they solidify themselves as sort of like a, a really seven and nine man rotation. Uh, but Troy Daniels has to be there every night. Um, I mean, he was 0 for 4 from 3 uh, Friday night in, in, in their game against the Mavericks that they won in overtime. Um, I mean, those guys have to be there. Uh, but Danny Green hits hits a huge shot for them uh, to tie the game in the, in, in the late moments, uh, literally as the clock is expiring, actually. He hits a big 3 to tie the game after Luka missed a free throw. I think he went 1 or 2 from the line. Um which comes back to tell you, man, free throws matter. I mean, if he hits both those free throws, then we're not talking about, you know, Danny Green hitting a three to tie the game, or even the fact that, you know, he's allowed to hit that three because Dwight Howard holds Seth Curry and doesn't get called for the the offensive foul. I mean, this scenario doesn't matter because the only way they can tie the game is if they get a a four-point play, and you're not going to foul the Lakers while they're shooting three with, you know, just seconds left in the game. But nonetheless, uh, the Lakers did well to fight back to get back into that. They were down at several points in the game, uh, but their defense is a little is a little too inconsistent for me for them to have guys like Dwight Howard, Javale McGee, uh, strong rim protectors, Anthony Davis, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, LeBron James, uh, one of the best players to ever play basketball, Danny Green, uh, who's a solid two way player himself. Rondo is is active defensively when he's back and he, when he's playing with. I mean, this this Lakers team has too much defensive talent uh, to to quite frankly, just to be so inconsistent, to be so lackadaisical. I mean, 
when you watch this Lakers team, I mean, Lou Williams is getting just wide open layups against guys, you know, when, when Anthony Davis and, and Dwight Howard are on the court together. Uh, that should never happen. You have two guys who can protect the rim like they can, uh, or it was JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis. But any, I mean, any combination of two guys who are almost seven feet tall, um, you can't have those kinds of defensive lapses. You just can't. Um, but they're four and one uh, as of right now, and they're getting better each and every day. And and that's really all you can ask for. That's the goal. Um, other teams around the Western Conference, like I said, the Jazz are very impressive. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Mike Conley isn't playing well for them right now, but Donovan Mitchell is playing really well, and 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 uh, Bogdanovich is playing really well. Um, I mean. This Jazz team, they're picked to be one of the they're picked to be, I say, one of the favorites, but um, to really to to win the finals. But uh, they're solid. I mean, they can make a deep run in the playoffs. They could, this could be the year that they finally get over their hump. Uh, Houston, while they they look to be quote unquote better, if they don't have to play the Houston Rockets, who've been their Achilles heel the last couple of years, um, the Jazz could really. I think they I think they pair up well. With a team like the Lakers, I mean the Lakers have Anthony Davis. Gobert's a Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he can guard him. They've got, I mean, they don't have Jay Crowder, but they've got, you know, Ingles who can guard off the bench. I mean, this this team has length. I mean, they've got guys who can score on offense, and I mean, they were consistently scoring and getting back and playing solid defense against the Suns. Um, the Suns don't shoot themselves in the foot, unfortunately. Then we're talking about maybe the Jazz having one less win. But nonetheless, I mean, the Jazz held a, a solid lead for most of the game. And, and when they got down by six or eight points, they fought their way back. So hats off to the Jazz, and they did it on the road. So I mean, this Jazz team certainly is for real. Um, but that's probably going to – I mean, that's – but that's going to be the Western Conference this year, right? A lot of these teams are going to be neck and neck, and they're going to be tied. I mean, when we're talking about – we're talking about one game separating – one in 10, right? I mean, the Suns are one game out from a first place uh, a week and a half into the season. I don't know the last time the Suns have been this close to first place uh, this this far into the season. This decade, really, uh, when I think about it, I mean, probably earlier this decade before D'Antoni really blew it up, before they really blew it up. Uh, this is probably the closest the Suns have been this, you know, this good in a long time, but in basketball, it'll happen. The Pelicans will get better. They're one and four. They've been pretty disappointing. Um, they have a ton of talent. Uh, they had a tough loss in Houston last weekend, but they'll get it figured out. I truly believe they will. Um, uh, but we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll discuss the Eastern Conference and sort of uh, where these guys are. So more check the school board coming up after this. <laughs> 